So, program two takes us to the heart of German music with three giants. Those giants are Wagner, Beethoven, and Brahms. And here, before we mention each piece individually, I have to mention that I'm so much uh, taken by cycles. I love different cycles. So, we're going to produce actually two cycles. One is complete performances of symphonies by Johannes Brahms. So we're going to do one, two, and three on two, oh no, excuse me, on three Thursdays and uh, the fourth symphony on our final concert on Saturday. So it will be our Brahms cycle, which we're going to do for the second time. The first time was so long ago I guess it was the year when we moved to Door County Auditorium. Mm -hmm. It was very long time ago, so I thought it was good time to repeat this cycle because so many things have changed and the personnel of the orchestra and the way we play is different today. By different I mean better. That's what I mean. And the Brahms symphonies are part of the foundation of the orchestra repertoire. Of course. And deserve to be played and heard. Absolutely. The other cycle, which I called Five Piano Concertos by Beethoven, we are going to spread a little bit because we did play the first concerto our last season with wonderful Italian pianist Maurizio Moretti. Moretti. Si. Molto bene. <laughs> uh, piacere. <laughs> Ancora. <laughs> this, summer, this summer we are going to play Beethoven's second piano concerto with wonderful American pianist from Korean descent. Her name is Sujin An. And the next summer we will play for you concertos 3, 4, and 5 and choral fantasy. So mm -hmm. it is a very interesting, like a prolonged cycle. Anyway, going back to this Thursday, we are going to, main staple will be our performance of Brahms's first symphony in C minor, but the first half of the program will start with the overture to Flying Dutchman, to the opera of Flying Dutchman by Richard Wagner and Beethoven's Piano Concerto Number 2. Again, this whole concert of music is uh, in the area of the best and the most glorious ever written by humankind, so I and, and I don't really need to elaborate on technicalities. But it's always interesting to consider the relationship of these three composers to German Romanticism because Beethoven helped forge uh, German Romanticism and sort of wrested music from the classical era. And this concerto, is, though it's numbered his second, is actually his first and perhaps the most classical of his five piano concerti. And then Brahms was wholly a part of German Romanticism and moved music um, forward from the time of Weber towards the time of greatly increased chromaticism. And the Flying Dutchman had so many elements of Romanticism, uh, that, of course, of love and the, the quest for love and supernatural elements, of course, the ghost ship, which is the Flying Dutchman. And then Brahms, who is much later in the story and has inherited so much from uh, both of those movements, but still was very, very classical and worked on this
first symphony for over a decade before it actually became the first symphony? Well, at the time of the completion, it was actually branded Beethoven's 10. <laughs> That's right. Mainly because of the uh, dramatic element and uh, formal construction of the work, which was so similar to the late uh, works of Beethoven. <clears throat> and nevertheless, you could simply say that it is a very artificial comparison because no other composer could ever write the first symphony like Johannes Brahms. And I have to tell you interesting thing about inner movements. Inner movements, the second movement, uh, the lyrical uh, adagio, and the third movement also have a stamp of uh, inventions and creativity of Johannes Brahms. Yes, like his songs. Right. Bringing chamber music and vocal music into the heart of the symphony, that was his credo. And it is, uh, uh, will be obvious in all four symphonies. We'll talk about it even later in the second or third week of the festival. But it starts right here with his glorious adagio and the magnificent, magnificent, uh, uh, light-hearted third movement, like a swinging dance, but actually song-dash-dance. And one is always struck in his songs at these beautiful little postludes that he'll write for yes. the song, and it's so much the same in, in these movements. He, he'll introduce something that only comes once, and it's heartbreakingly right. beautiful, very much like his songwriting. Yes. There is one more thing about the symphonies of Brahms which I like our public to know, and that is a dilemma which conductors always have with musical Brahms. We have hard time designated what is the leading and the most beautiful voice, because it appears that any voice in musical Brahms is so beautiful and so glorious that I could easily choose second and third voice and enjoy just as much as melody. And that, that is the reason why we love his music so much. Uh, it's a completely ide ideal construction, and you can't literally take any notes out of his music. Yes, and there's such formal perfection in the way he introduces the last movement. It's just the introduction is almost a composition in itself, but then, of course, he brings that back uh, in magnificent ways. Uh, what he does in the introduction he brings back in magnificent ways and then sort of takes a page from Beethoven's book with the way he uh, ratchets up the tempo with a Pio Allegro and That's right. It's, right. it's a totally satisfying piece of music. First symphony, last symphony, doesn't matter. It's right. an incredible accomplishment. Yes. It'll be a wonderful program into the heart of German Romanticism.